you want to receive a training certificate for the EUMDR 2017-745, so register to the Green Belt Certification Program. Go to school.easymedicaldevice.com. School.easymedicaldevice.com. Talk to you soon. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I'll share with you my experience and one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we will talk about a specific role that uh, all medical device companies should have within their, um, their employees or maybe within their consultants. And it is the role of a PRRC. So I have with me uh, Anjuri and LM Ein, who will be helping us to uh, introduce this role, to explain to us uh, what uh, people have to understand about it, how you can be a PRRC. And also they will talk to us about uh, one uh, association they created which is a team PRRC, so that uh, we know more uh, after that. So LM and Anne, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Thank you, Monia, Hello. thank you for inviting, for inviting us to your podcast. Thank you. Uh, so just to introduce myself quickly, and then I will let the, the pearl to Anne. So I'm LM Ayn, uh, I'm an independent consultant, uh, and I'm the president of the Team PRRC Association. So it's the new not-for-profit not uh, European Association, so for the profession of uh, the person responsible for regulatory compliance. Great. So, Anne, your, your turn. Thanks. Hi, I'm Anne Jury, and I'm also, uh, I have the honor of being the team, vice president of Team PRRC uh, with LM. Um, we are both regulatory affairs professionals in the industry, and uh, we have an interest ourselves in the role of person responsible for regulatory compliance. Great. So thank you, Anne, for that. And thank you, LM. So um, as I've said, we will really try to um, dig more on this role of PRRC uh, that maybe people know already or maybe that people are still asking a lot of questions. Um, so when we have prepared this uh, this episode, we had um, a lot of questions discussed. You, we had also the the webinar that you created and I participated to that. And uh, I heard also a lot of people that are asking some questions. So we'll try to uh, see what we can answer and what we cannot, because I know that there is things that we don't know for now. Um, so uh, first of all, uh, LM, maybe uh, can you make just a quick explanation of what is uh, the role of PRC, or a short introduction of it? Uh, sure. So uh, the, the um, we can say that it's a new uh, profession uh, described on the regulation, so on the MDR, uh, and uh, this person has to be responsible on the compliance with the regulation for the medical devices, uh, and he has to be some specific qualification and expertise. Uh, so um, it's co compared to the other uh, sectors, it's we can say that it's not, it's not really a new concept. Okay. Uh, but uh, it's I think really I think I think we can talk about, for example, the pharma industry maybe with the, with the person responsible. But it's not really the same role. But it's uh, maybe we can say comparable. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So there is a kind of, of, of people that are really in charge and uh, that uh, are checking their hands when they have to sign a document because they are responsible for everything. So it's more like, uh, it's not an easy role. So I, I can maybe, maybe make uh, related to, to this, uh, this role for pharma, but I don't know if there is other roles in other industries uh, about that. So as you said, in the pharma, we have the qualified person. Um, in the cosmetic uh, sector, we have the, 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 the person responsible. So we have on the, uh, on the, I don't know how you say it in English. So the RGPD, the RGPD. Uh, <laughs> you know it? GDPR oh. for the GDPR role. Yeah. Okay. okay. I have the, the officer that is responsible for GDPR for uh, any, yes. the data breach and etc. Yeah, true. Yeah, but almost of that we in the, and under the MDD also we have the um, security officer. Okay. Uh, in Germany, so uh, and now so in the MDR uh, we will see that there, there is a trend to, to 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 have the same person. So in the medical device field, so now we have the person responsible for regulatory compliance. <laughs> so it will be one person that will be really, if I can say, I mean, one person, we will discuss about that, but they can be maybe many, one person in charge of some functions really on, on this role. So, um, so uh, as I said, uh, we have companies that have to have this person. So, uh, and maybe what kind of company should have this, uh, this, uh, this role within their organization. Uh, we, maybe from, uh, let's talk about the economic operators. We have the manufacturers, the importers, distributors, et cetera. Who, or which one of them should have an, a PRC within their organization? Well, the regulations are quite clear that the manufacturer has to have a PRC, but also the authorized representatives. Okay. And uh, interestingly, the, the, the MDCG guidance says that cannot be the same person um, for both organizations that are connected. So if a company has their own PRRC and an authorized rep, the authorized rep must have a different PRRC. Yeah. Um, so those are quite clear. Then, but there's also a category of distributors and importers who have to um, have a PRRC if they carry out activities which make them behave like a manufacturer. So yes. Article 16 covers certain cases where they're carrying out activities that would require them to also have a PRRC. No, it's true. It's true. We have the 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 rule. I mean, a distributor, as soon as it's changing a product or it's changing the intended purpose or changing something, it becomes a manufacturer. So at the end, it has them to have a, also a PRC. When we are talking yeah. about manufacturer, it's manufacturer that is in Europe and also the manufacturer outside of Europe. Yeah, that's all manufacturers. So... That makes no difference. If you're going to be based uh, outside of the EU, um, you still need to have a PRRC. So uh, what, is, what do you think will be the challenge for those companies that are outside of Europe? So because they have to have a person, but is there, will there be the same controls as the ones that are in Europe or is there a difference? No, there's no difference. And th they have the same requirements to meet. They have to appoint at least one person, they have the same responsibilities. I guess maybe a possible challenge would be that that person, if they were based in a different uh, regulatory region, is going to have to be able to multitask. So they're going to have more than one regulatory area to cover. Okay. But 
you know, the, the, the requirements are the same and that person's going to have to meet the same requirements for expertise as well to be appointed. Expertise and diploma. <laughs> so it's also the issue with the diplomas that uh, people have to have. Uh, we have also to, I think, to find some equivalency uh, between what's happening in other regions and, and Europe also. Um, so when, when you said uh, it would be the same, so who will be checking all that? Well, that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure who will be checking that. Of course, the first person who's gonna, you're going to bump up against when you've appointed your PRRC is probably a notified body auditor. So we'll see what their opinion is of what is equivalent in terms of diplomas and certificates for degree courses and so on. No, um, it was my first thought when I read the guidance is, well, how do you know which is equivalent? Who do you contact to find out whether your American certificate is equivalent Uh, and so on. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's clear. I, th I think this will be the unknown that we'll discover later that uh, uh, foreign companies will, uh, will have maybe some, some struggle to explain that the person that appointed has the right diploma or the right experience, etc. because there is some differences within, uh, within different regions. Um, so for you, LM, so when we are talking about the PRC, there is the possibility to have a PRC within your organization, but there is also the possibility to hire consultants. Um, can you help us to understand what is the difference and when we should not, when we are not able to hire a consultant? Uh, so absolutely. So the the manufacturers uh, who are considered like a, a small and micro enterprise, so it means that uh, uh, if they have fewer than uh, 50 employees and uh, turnover uh, uh, less than 10 million euro, okay. uh, they can subcontract the function. So they can uh, have they can work with an external PRRC or an independent consultant, uh, and if it's uh, we can say if if it's a company that they, uh, that it have that it has uh, more than 50 employees and a turnover more than 10 million euros, uh, they have to have a PRRC within the organization. So they have to have the person within the org chart that uh, they are appointed, etc., within the, within the, the organization. So they have to kind of hire this person or appoint an existing person. So it's not like you have to hire a completely new person for that. You, if one person within your organization is qualified, has the diploma and has the experience, we can, above to his current function, add this uh, PRC function, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And it has to be um, visible by the organization. Okay. Uh, so it means that uh, regarding the quality management system, uh, it has to be in the chart uh, of the company. Uh, and he. Job also, description also? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, he has to have maybe a, a new contract adding this uh, um, this uh, function okay. uh, or in the job description also. Um, and he has to be uh, recognized easily by all the company. And uh, we also have a requirement on the regulation regarding the registration. So in UDAMED, the database, uh, regarding the Annex 6, Part A. So the manufacturer has to provide the information 
for the registration so of the um, economic operators and the devices, but it includes uh, the need to register also the PRRC, so its name, its address, uh, and all the details of its contacts, and it has to be updated. Okay, so it's. I think it's. Uh, I mean, it's. Uh, then it's an important rule also for the uh, EU uh, organization, EU market, because your name will be really on this database if there is any issue. Your name is there; it's connected, so you have really to uh, to address that. Um, uh, when we said, as I've said, we have also the possibility to 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 get somebody from the company that has this role. Uh, there is also something that is important: is about independency. So, um, I mean, can I hire? Uh, can I have a person that is reporting maybe to the production manager or reporting to the marketing manager that or marketing director that maybe there is a conflict in terms of um, of objectives? So, is there some rules in terms of independency within the organization for for this person? Shall I answer that one? And maybe. Okay. Okay. I don't think that the word independence is used as such. Um, the closest that the, the regulation comes to talking about this is that the person responsible should um, not suffer any disadvantage in okay. their role, um, which is pointing more towards them being um, not excluded from bonuses or promotions or things like that, um, but also perhaps it, uh, indirectly is, is pointing to that. So you should have the independence of function to be able to ensure that all the activities regarding product compliance occur appropriately and correctly. So um, yes, you need organizational freedom, in, in so independence in that sense to do the job, um, I think it's uh, perhaps more of a, a commercial requirement to think about in terms of the external PRRC. So if you're recruiting a consultant, you may want to um, include a clause that requires a non-conflict of uh, interest requirement because uh, you don't, do you really want someone who is also being a PRRC for all your competitors? Okay. You know, you know no matter how carefully we try to keep confidentiality, you don't want to be sharing perhaps all your secrets with that person. But that's not a regulatory uh, issue. Okay. No, I think I think it's a good point. I, I never thought about that hiring a consultant that already worked for your competitor, so it can be also some kind of uh, of uh, conflict of interest or conflict. I don't know if there is any interest for him, but uh, there is more a conflict here. So so which is a, a great one. Um, when we say so. Uh, we, we can hire this person. So we said that this person should have a diploma or some experience. Can we clarify again, what is the, the rules so you can be a PRC, maybe uh, LM? Yes, for sure. So uh, it is described on the Article 15 on the regulation. And um, the, um, the, 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 the person who uh, can be designated or can be appointed uh, as the PRRC has to have a diploma or a certificate uh, or other formal qualification uh, in so in the member states in law in medicine in pharmacy in engineering uh, or not, not, not in art or in in, uh, in literature <laughs> or this kind of thing, I suppose. No, it's just in the relevant uh, scientific uh, discipline. So as um, 
as described in the regulation, and he has to have at least one year of professional okay. experience in regulatory affairs or quality management system relating to the medical device. Okay. Or alternatively, uh, if he has no diploma, he can also have four years of uh, professional experience, so in regulatory affairs or quality management system uh, relating to medical device, for sure. Okay, so it's uh, it's something that is really written there. So you have to have that. Um, if I have one year, I mean, I have one year of experience, and I participate to a training. Uh, so um, like uh, like the training that all the consulting um, uh, firms are doing. I'm also providing some trainings in terms of uh, UMDR. So uh, if somebody is participating to this training, um, is it qualified as uh, a diploma or a certificate or something like that? It has to be recognized uh, as uh, equivalent uh, by the member states, so as we said. Or so it can be or not really. It's okay. As, as, as you said, I think it's the same as what we said at the beginning. So uh, notified bodies has to check also the the, the PRC role and uh, experience and diploma. But is there a database for them to show that yeah, this diploma is valid or not, this diploma is equivalent or not, or this certificate is equivalent? This can be really the challenge that uh, we will we'll see with uh, within the next uh, maybe years uh, regarding this uh, this role. Um, so um, I mean, in terms of uh, diploma of experience, it's it's fine. So I have those one year of experience. I have my diploma. Um, after that, I have to uh, kind of have a specific role within the organization. As I've said, you can do the, your current role, plus you have to have maybe five of, of five or six additional uh, additional um, roles or additional activities to do. So um, there is activities like checking the technical documentation, the, the declaration of conformity, the post-marketing surveillance, there is uh, the quality management system, etc., etc. So there is a lot of all those functions that the person has to have within their job description. Um, so in terms of uh, issues, if tomorrow I am appointed as a PRC, and I have there is an issue on the market because apparently maybe uh, we let pass some 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 products that were wrong uh, and it maybe had some damage or some patients. Who is really responsible for all this? Is it the PRC or is it the company or what is the the rules related to that? Maybe Anne, if you know about it. Well, this is one of those areas that we're not absolutely clear on. Um, all matters of enforcement related to the regulations are handled at the member state level. So the competent authorities decide what penalties or fines are imposed in any case of infringement. Um, so the, the liability aspect may vary from country to country, and yet not every country has published its, its um, process for that yet. Um, so that, that's one aspect to it, but also um, you know, the, the, whatever the, the PRRC is doing, um, we need to be able to show that they are maintaining their competence as well in terms of, of what they're doing. And there's nothing in the regulation about that. So I, I'm interested, you know, in questions like it says you have to have a diploma plus one year or four years uh, in most cases. Um, does it matter if that was five years ago and I've been and worked in the food industry since and then I came back again or, you know, how relevant and current does your competence have to be and how do you demonstrate that? So, um, 
doing a diploma, uh, sorry, doing a training course and so on, all of that stuff might have relevance in, in order to show that you are maintaining your, um, your qualifications and so on. And, and that's, you know, that we don't know yet because we're not that far into this. But, yeah. Um, yeah. We, 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 we have this, uh, so we have the regulation, we have the MDCG guidance. So this is not answering all the questions apparently for the moment. I heard that the NDCG guidance will be revised again because maybe there was some uh, misunderstanding also inside. So do you know about this? Do you know about when all this will be arriving? Because maybe this will be trying to help you um, fill the gaps. Well, all we know is that it's still on the agenda for NDCG. It's one of the documents listed for review. Um, whether or not the current coronavirus has, has slowed all that down, we're not sure. Uh, they haven't issued any further um, plans, but um, it's, it's certainly uh, currently shows us on the list for review this year. What will be in that review is another matter. So whether that's a review of the existing document or an expansion of the existing document, we don't know. But we'd really like to know, and we'd really like to be involved if that were possible. So. Um, and that's one of the, the goals of the association is to have a voice in those kind of uh, scenarios. No, I think I think it's great, and I, I hope we'll hear more more about that. Um, I had um, I had let's let's make let's imagine if I can say uh, related to the PRC. This is a new role, something that is coming. We have the right to hire uh, a consultants, as you've said, LM. Uh, if we are lower than fifty a person, and if we have less than ten million euro as a turnover. So, um, can we think in futures uh, a new business starting like a, a farm? of PRC people that uh, <laughs> I will, uh, one company is calling me one morning, I need a PRC, here is my PRC, etc. Do you think this is a possibility that we can happen? Anne or uh, LM, LM, you have uh, some ID? We, yeah, and as I let you, <laughs> I let you reply. Okay, are you happy for me to answer that? Right, okay. Um, I, uh, I think it will be interesting. I don't, it, for a start, as we said at the beginning, it's not a new role, it's not a new idea. It's a new formalization of what the regulatory affairs person has always had to do within a company. Um, so, but it's, it's making it a more formal requirement to have that person more closely involved. So if, if you are a small company uh, um, using an external resource for that, then no, that's got to be a lot tighter contractually. Um, so there's already lots of regulatory affairs um, people in the industry. As we know, it's already a huge part of the, the industry. Um, and whether or not, I'm not sure that it will mean that we'll see a whole lot of new people arriving who are just PRRC. Okay. I don't think that'll happen. Um, I wish we could farm them because there's a huge shortage of regulatory people generally. Um, but I don't think that will happen. But what I do think is that there will be a growth in the formal recognition. So training courses, we're already seeing them pop up everywhere, training courses on, on regulatory affairs generally. Um, what I think might happen and perhaps would be a good thing is for it to be a formally recognized continuing professional development style of um, point system for, for maintaining competence and gaining competence. 
um, that would help us to have a best practice, you know, a, a sort of code of practice and, and a, a level of expertise for the job. But there's one other thing I wanted to say, and that was just that the, the um, one of the word, part of the wording in the regs is about the um, having expertise in the field of medical devices. Yeah. And, and nobody knows quite what that means either, because does it mean you have to be experienced in the particular technology where you are the PRRC? Hmm. So like, you, you know, your question before, what if something goes wrong? Yeah. Um, yeah, how how much experience do you have to have specifically of orthopedic implants or wound dressings or uh, you know pacemakers or whatever it is? Um, I think a lot of regulatory affairs people are more generalist than that, so it's rare for somebody with detailed technical knowledge to go down that career path. No, I think it's it's completely clear. It's it's something that, uh, as you say, it's unknown. If I come from uh, of ophthalmology industry and I go then to pacemakers, which is completely different. Um, I mean, is my qualification or is my actual role or my skills is it sufficient for doing the role at the pacemaker company, which is uh, class three products? Uh, yeah, this is I think, as you've said, something that will be maybe. Uh, more uh, of a problem. I suppose. I suppose the PRC has not to be specifically technical specialist of all the products, but I suppose it has to know how things should go, how things should uh, be um, used, what kind of documents should be available, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And as you've said, I suppose with additional trainings, it can have maybe more uh, more uh, evolution within the company uh, and get more uh, skilled in terms of sort of the product. So it's something that uh, that is that would be interesting to see also because. Um, in terms of liability, as I've said, uh, we have to be really careful. I suppose some people will refuse to be PRC just because of this uh, liability uh, problem. So that can that can raise uh, raise with, uh, within them. Um, yeah. Just Monique, if I can add something, uh, we also have noted that there is a trend uh, to to become an independent consultant. So uh, lots of people who are um, compliant with the qualification to, to become a PRRC. Uh, so there is a trend to, to, to found their own uh, consultancy company. So okay. uh, we have noted that also. So uh, I don't really know if it's a new business, but uh, there is a trend to, be, to become an independent consultant. <laughs> I think, I think as, as we've said, so a lot of independent consultants will maybe add this PRRC role within their service to say, I can be a PRRC because I have the, the qualification. But uh, yeah, I, I suppose, um, I, for me, I, I saw this growth of uh, independent consultant due to the EUMDR because a lot of uh, people were asking, do you have some qualification on EUMDR? And this is maybe the, 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 what, what happened really. And the PRC is kind of a collateral damage and saying, I, I want to help you on, P on EUMDR, but I can be also your PRC, so it can be also something. But I think, yeah, there is uh, more and more people that want now to enter this field of uh, medical device regulatory affairs, uh, which is good. I mean, because we need more people to help. Uh, but yeah, we have also to try to avoid any derive and people that are doing things just because they think it's it's uh, it's better when it's not really uh, really interesting. Um, okay, so I think related to the PR zero, we are really on the all right path. Um, I want now to talk more about your organization, the association Team PRRC. Uh, so Team PRRC is an association, non-lucrative association. Um, can we compare it to Team NB, Team Notified Body, or <laughs> because? <laughs> There is a lot of uh, similarity in terms of the terms. So, is it? Do you have kind of the same role uh, as kind of Team NB or or not? 
And I need to know <laughs> reply yeah, to that. Um, I, I don't think it's quite comparable. We were in, inspired to name the association that way because Team NB is recognized as an EU association sorry, okay. of notified bodies. And, but that's really where the parallel ends. Of course, they are part of the regulatory framework. Uh, and we're very much not. Okay. We, so our membership, we want to um, reflect the, um, the questions and the, uh, hopefully the answers to uh, of the membership. So we, we are, it's an individual membership. You can't join as a company unless you are a sponsor. Okay. Uh, but okay. the, the main membership will be individuals who are actually carrying out the role of team, uh, uh, PRRC. So um, in that respect, it's totally different. But having said that, we really want to encourage our members to have a say, you know, to get involved. And if they have a strong feeling about the direction for further guidance, for codes of practice and best practice in general, uh, then we want to hear from people. So don't, if you're thinking about joining, don't just think about joining. Think about joining and getting involved. Yeah, true. If you want to. And and one thing one thing uh, maybe just to attract more people within Team PRC, what is what would that be my advantage if I can say or what is my interest to be part of Team PRC a part of maybe knowing more about the PRC role? So is there some kind of um, interest for me? I mean, what will I win or what will be my gain by doing that? Ellen, no, so maybe? Yeah, I will reply to that. Uh, so the, the, the members uh, benefit from uh, professional practice secured by our code of ethics. Okay. So first, uh, we will try to, to, to find or to help uh, so the, the, our members to some solutions to, to, to their professional problems. Uh, we will uh, provide them um, an access to some uh, regulatory text and the regulatory watch. Uh, we will also try to do some conferences and specialized training uh, so only for for them uh, because it's really important for us to to give and provide a high level of professionalism of uh, the prrc uh, and in case of conflict between uh, prrc and its employee in its employer or uh, the the, not, the notified body of the company, uh, we can also intervene as a mediator, uh, so on demand, uh, and uh, we'll try to to find uh, uh, an agreement between them. Okay, <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it's great. So, uh, do you have also some connection with the European Commission, maybe, or or try to discuss with them? Uh, we will try to do that. We have so on the on the board uh, uh, our secretary, so uh, one, one people who are already uh, in close contact with the European Commission, and he's also a reviewer uh, for some text uh, with the European Commission. Okay. So uh, we will try to to to, to have a, a, a close uh, how to say it. Uh, a close relationship between them uh, to be able also to um, to have uh, a voice for the benefit of the PRRC in Europe. <laughs> no, I think it's fine. And um, if you are external to of Europe, is PRRC external of Europe can also be member uh, of the Team PRRC? 
Sure, sure. We are open to all of the people who are uh, eligible to become a PRRC. And we are also uh, open to uh, people who uh, are not really uh, have the qualification uh, and who don't meet the, 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 the criteria um, to become the PRRC. But if they have an interest in the role of the PRRC, they can also uh, apply to our association, uh, becoming a supporting member. Okay, no, I think it's great. So I think you can then bring them uh, more information, um, upskill maybe them with the, your trainings and provide them support if there is any issue within their, their current position, which is, I think, something, something, something great. Um, and maybe a last question. So if I want to be a member, how much will it cost me? Well, it's going to be 250 euros per annum, but we have an introductory offer at the moment of 200 euros okay. so um to gain access to all the things that lm just covered plus a monthly newsletter okay um so um you can you know find out more on on the website about how to join lm how long is the discount uh, valid for i can't remember it's uh, until the date of application okay. of the MDR. Ah, okay 26th of may 2021 <laughs> Absolutely. We would like to, to mark the, <laughs> the date of application. No, I think it's, it's, it's great. So, so thank you for that. Thank you also for all the, all the, the, the work um, you are doing. I know that uh, I participated to one webinar that you are, we are doing also with your members. Uh, and I think it was really great because they had a lot of questions and you were trying to answer to them and, or help them to find the right answer, which is, I think, uh, a great role. So if you are, if you are a PRC or if you want to be a PRC, I really advise you to, uh, be, uh, to uh, register as a member of uh, Team PRC. Uh, I think it would be really helpful. LM, something yeah. else? Yeah, absolutely. I would like to add something. It's really important for us because uh, in the association, we will negotiate also with some uh, really good um, organization, uh, some trainings and so on. So uh, we have started uh, some collaboration with DM uh, Expert, with yeah. uh, Obelisk company, with MDELO also, uh, which provides a very good um, regulation, uh, text uh, and templates and also trainings and uh, our members will benefit from very interesting discount. Uh, so it's very in the interest of the PRRC to, to become a member of our association. And so- no, I, think, I think it's great. Yeah. And as, I would as, like to say that, yeah, the, the association is directed by uh, some volunteers. So like Anne, me and uh, other people uh, and uh, so in expert in the new European regulation and we are very demanding with regard to the quality of our association so and we aim to promote active compliance according to so MDR and IVDR also. Okay nice no, great I, as I've said yeah it's, it's great to have some volunteers some people that are really trying to help uh, a full community uh, right into that so don't hesitate to go and to re really try to apply to that or contact directly LM or Anne and you will have maybe uh, uh, ask them your question and see how they can maybe promote you their team PRC <laughs> offer. Um, okay, so thank you, uh, Lem. Thank you, Anne. Uh, just wanted to say uh, that uh, this week uh, we have uh, the, um, the, the Greenbelt uh, certificate, sorry, uh, that uh, was over. 
uh, I mean, it was over a few weeks a uh, few weeks ago, but we'll start it again. Uh, so please don't forget uh, that today is the last day to register for the Greenbelt certificate. Uh, so um, go to um, school.easymedicaldevice.com. Uh, we have selected some students and we'll try to go uh, with them through all the uh, PR, uh, the PRC, the UMDR role. PRC will be included inside also so that we can know more about it. But don't forget today is the last day. Okay, so uh, thank you, LM. Thank you, Anne. Uh, thank you for your support. Uh, please, people, don't uh, forget, go to Team PRC, go to the website also to see what is uh, going there. And uh, I wish you a really nice day. Thank you. Thank you, Monique. Thank you, Monique. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much. 